The number one question we get from listeners is, do we have a written step-by-step roadmap to guide you on how to train your dog? We don't, but Standing Stone Supply does. They're the creators of the complete step-by-step dog training program that takes your dog from brand new puppy and gets it well on its way to that finished dog you've always dreamed of. They've mapped out the timelines to help guide you, the videos for every step of the way to show you, and even have the needed gear made into shopping lists to make it easy to supply you. Check out the course at StandingStoneSupply.com to gain unlimited access for all current as well as future lessons and be sure to use the code GDIY to save 10% at sign up. As someone who constantly travels to new locations out of state to hunt, I have to rely on map scouting before I even get in the truck. Onyx Hunt Maps makes it super easy for me to plan out my trips as well as track my success while on the trip. The offline maps along with the tracking feature and ability to add pictures to my waypoints means I can always reference old trips and hunts to better prepare for the next. When planning your next hunt, be sure to use Onyx to put you and your dog in the best situation you can. Use code GDIY20 at checkout to save 20% and know where you stand with Onyx. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. I'm having that discussion with myself. Like, is this that that kind of gut check moment? You start thinking about, okay, you know, this this may just she may just not get to where I want her to get to, uh, and then the beeper goes off, and I hightail it over there, and she's standing this grouse. I mean, she's twenty twenty five yards off, and just locked up. There's always something to debate or argue in the dog world, but there's just one thing that's not up for debate. All hunters and dog owners know you need the right gear, not just for yourself, but for your dogs as well. Conkey's Outdoors Hound and Hunting Supply is your number one source for all things hound related. Conkey's is owned and operated by true houndsmen themselves. They've got you covered no matter the game you're chasing, from hog hunting, bear hunting, and even gator hunting. Bird dog guys don't feel left out either. They have whatever you need, whether it's training collars, tracking collars, boots, chaps, vests, coats, and more. No matter what you and your dog needs to have a successful hunt, check out conkeysoutdoors.com and they'll get you on the right track. Purchases over $100 gets you free shipping and enter GDIY5 to save 5%. And if you're a Patreon patron, you get to save even more money. So be sure to check out Conkeys Outdoors. Welcome back to another week of GDIY, everybody. This is Nick coming at you solo with the intro this week, but it's all right because Joe joins me throughout the uh, entire episode this week. He came down a week or two ago to uh, just hang out. We really hadn't got to hang out since I got back from Minnesota or anything, and he was just asking a bunch of questions and a little bit more in-detail dog work and stuff like that about our trip. And as we got going, we, we decided to just kind of stop the conversation then and uh, let's just record it because we've had a few listeners ask about more details about the trip. So we figured let's just uh, catch up on a, on an episode and have some fun with it. So it's a nice little fun conversation talking to more details about the the specifics of the trip and uh, some dog work and so on and so forth. So just a fun little episode talking dogs, nothing Nothing uh, out of this world special, but yeah, it was just a fun little conversation and kind of what you get typically when you just sit down and have a few drinks with a buddy and talk dogs. Uh, so yeah, hope hope you guys enjoy. This is a fun little episode. And before we get to that, we do have a few things to touch on. So we've had a few people reach out here recently over the past week or two and ask if we were still going to do the uh, spring training camp, boot camp, whatever the heck we're going to call it, out at Scott's in North Carolina in the springtime. And yes, we are. So we're still trying to hash out a date right now. We're looking at you know sometime in March, maybe end of March, but uh, we are going to do that weekend, and it, it's going to be a very big weekend. We only have a, a certain amount of slots for people to come out, but Scott's going to be back on the podcast probably within the next month or so, and we're going to hash out a lot more details and specifics and what you can expect. But if you are interested in that, get your name into me. Uh, and we'll have you on the list, and then that way when we have pricing and kind of exactly how it's going to be set up and dates, we can uh, be sure to hit you back and 
give you the details so that you can plan around that. But we are going to do it, and we've had a few people ask. So just wanted to throw that out there. Be on the lookout for more details with that. Uh, Ugly Dog Distillery. We've had a lot of people sending me messages. They're, they're really liking Ugly Dog Distillery. If it's in your area, be sure to check out. They have a little bit of everything for you, but so far everybody that's uh, been sending me messages and, and pictures and stuff, they're really enjoying it. So be sure to check them out. And remember, if you have a dog event that's coming up and it's alcohol-friendly, be sure to reach out to us. Let's see if we can kind of get some product headed your way and spread the word and uh yeah i mean if you're sending us messages on instagram or facebook with your with your bottles and everything go ahead and tag them in it because it's some good stuff uh no matter what you drink whether you're vodka gin bourbon whiskey whatever uh flavored whiskeys they kind of have a little bit of everything for you but uh they're bird dog guys they're uh the, the guy we deal with, he's actually up in Nebraska right now hunting. So uh, be sure to check them out and support them if you can and, and share a bottle with some friends. And, again, reach out to us if you have an event coming up that's alcohol-friendly, and we'll see if we can kind of get you covered up. But, uh, yeah, besides that, there's really nothing too specific besides the normal. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Gundog It Yourself. Uh, Patreon is patreon.com forward slash Gundog It Yourself. Uh, if you can, if you uh, enjoy the podcast, please remember to rate and review. Um, that really helps us a lot. It's, you know, I, I can't tell you exactly how it helps, but the algorithm, it's the more ratings and reviews, the the easier it is for it to pop up in somebody's search feed and on their phone. So just, you know, type that five-star rating and uh, write us a review. And if you have any other suggestions, questions, anything that we can kind of help out with, just shoot us an email at gundogityourself at gmail.com. And I think that's enough rambling by me and we'll get to the episode with Joe and have a little bit more fun and hope you guys enjoy and we'll check you back next week. Picture this, you just finished a long day's hunt or a long day in the training field grooming your next champion. You've run through your entire string of dogs in anticipation for the next fall. You think the day's over. It's not though. Your day's not over until you let that ugly dog hunt. No hunting or training session is complete without capping it off with one of the spirits from Ugly Dog Distillery. They're Michigan-raised and purebred handcrafted spirits. They have everything you need from vodka and gin to your more traditional after-hunt choice Kentucky bourbon. Head on over to UglyDogDistillery.com to check availability within your state. And if you have an upcoming event that's alcohol-friendly, then be sure to reach out to us and see if we can add another Ugly Dog to the lineup. We'll tell you right now, we aren't much on flavored whiskeys, but you have to try their peanut butter whiskey. Unlike other peanut butter whiskeys out there, Ugly Dogs is made with real Kentucky bourbon and not just grain alcohol with syrup. So after your next hunt or a long day of testing and you're trying to decide what to drink, reach for the bottle with Ruger, the German wire hair pointer on it. It was handcrafted by people just like us, dog people. Every adventure starts somewhere. Make sure yours includes an ugly dog at your side. Explore responsibly. If you're currently in the market for a kennel, then be sure to check out Gunner Kennels. Gunner Kennels is the only kennel that's five-star crash rated from the Center for Pet Safety. The double-wall rotomodal construction ensures it holds up in all types of weather and conditions. Also, Gunner Kennels has a lifetime warranty. These kennels are built to last a lifetime, and Gunner stands behind that. Gunner also has all the accessories you could need, from fan kits to help keep them cool, performance and orthopedic pads to help keep them comfortable and ready to go after long travels, and even tie-down straps to help ensure there's no worries for the kennel moving or sliding around in your truck. So if you need man's best kennel for man's best friend, head on over to gundogityourself.com and click on the Gunner link. Be sure to purchase your kennel, accessories, and even gift cards for holidays and birthdays through our link, and it will go a long way in helping out the podcast. All right, just sitting here with Joe talking dogs. We're we're just catching up because me and Joe really hadn't gotten to catch up the past few weeks, really since uh, before the trip. And so we we just started talking dogs and hunting and all that. We figured let's just throw up the mics and see if we have a decent episode out of it. Yeah, you know, I, I actually listened to uh, you know show love to other podcasts, uh, Remy Warren's uh, podcast, and he kind of talked about. Uh, you know, getting your vehicle ready for Western hunts. And we were kind of, you know, just, you know, it's that time of the year where hunting's on the mind. And, and I was like, oh man, I, you know, you know, some, some, ep- an episode about some best practices. I know we've done that in the past, but uh, when yeah. I was actually thinking about it, um, 
as some people may not know, I wasn't able to go on the Minnesota hunt. Uh, my wife's about to have a baby in about a month. Thought probably, you know, at the last minute, probably wasn't uh, the best thing to go. So I actually like really haven't been able to talk to you that much about it and thought, well, let's just turn on the recorder and uh, let me get some of this info that we might have <laughs> missed from the, uh, the, the Living recap. Living vicariously through me, man. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. Right, right now, because I don't know when the last, next time I'm going to be out in the woods is. Yeah, who knows? Hopefully, we can get you out here in a few weeks before uh, before a little baby man comes. And uh, yeah, uh, we'll see how that plays out afterwards. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, what 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 are you curious about that we didn't cover already? Oh man, so I think. <laughs> I mean, I think the first thing was that's a long trip. I think, yeah. you know, especially with some of the some of the guys who, you know, live in in the south where right now it's still it's still pretty hot. I mean, in Tennessee this week it was like 80 degrees, 85 degrees and then it went, you know, th- this weekend it was it's been kind of, you know, 60 degrees, but so yeah. We're a, a lot of people are making drives. So how how was the drive up there? What you guys do to pass the time kind of make it make it go a little bit better oh dude that honestly so you know i've done wisconsin a few times north dakota right that was roughly 22 23 hours uh this minnesota trip it was like 16 and a half hours but i tell you what man it, it was probably the shortest drive it felt like uh out of all the hunting trips like it was just an easy drive so we we split out and hit the road right after the test that Sunday, and we we went ahead and stopped and somewhere in Illinois. And we, I mean, it it, it it was a roach motel, man. Like it was rough. <laughs> you you hear about all these guys on their hunting trips, you know that they, they go to those cheap hotels. It's like we we definitely made that pit stop at a at a less than five star hotel but you know hey whatever it's a hunting trip you're only there for one night it's just a pit stop just so that you're not not doing it in one shot and wasted the next day but uh yeah man it it was a super easy drive especially splitting it up i mean it just it went by quick as anything and and uh so we left sunday hit that roach motel and then the next day we're in in minnesota probably a little i don't know early afternoon and it was funny, man. We crossed the state line, and I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, you know, I got my Minnesota hunting license. I could just immediately pull over and start hunting somewhere, but uh, <laughs> we're still a few hours away from the cabin. Got and the man, dude, it wasn't five seconds after I had that thought that I get a phone call from Adam, and and Bud was in the truck with him, and and Adam's like, man, we're in Minnesota. We're just gonna pull off and go hunt. <laughs> and I'm That's like, awesome. hey, man, I. Yeah, I just had that thought, uh, but I went ahead. They they pulled over and went hunting already. I mean, it just as soon as they crossed the state line, and then uh, I went ahead and went up to the cabin because uh, Hammy was up there already, and so I was going to link up with him and, and help him kind of unload. He brought a duck boat with him and all that stuff, so I was going to help him unload and and then uh, just get out for a quick evening walk with each each one of the dogs and kind of stretch their legs after the travel. But man, it, as far as drives go, that that's probably the easiest drive I've had going, going that far North. Well, it's because we didn't have our wives with us is, is probably the, the thing that <laughs> 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 all the bathroom breaks and stuff like you, that. You, you yeah. said that one. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> what was the, uh, what was the, uh, the cabin like? Cause I know uh, there's a little bit of difference between you and I to where, uh, the cabin we had in Wisconsin last year was perfect for me because it was, you know, it was OTB approved. It had, you know, <laughs> it was just great. You know, it had TV. I, I like ran into the, uh, uh, ran into when we first got in there, uh, Florida was playing Auburn. So I like ran on and, and turned the TV <laughs> on and there was yep. like you know, six bedrooms and a huge kitchen and, and, you know, right on the lake. So that's, that's kind of what I'm looking for when I go hunting. I know you're, you're, I'll just, I'll just go and, I'm just sleeping in my truck. So <laughs> I was about to say, I'm fine truck camping. I mean, the cabin was fine. I mean, it was just a cheap little VRBO rental. You know, it's just another Airbnb type thing, uh, but gives you a couple options that Airbnb uh, maybe doesn't have. Wasn't as nice as the Wisconsin cabin, but uh, like you just said a second ago, you know, the wives weren't with us this year. It was just uh, us and, I mean, just four guys. Like, 
it, it was perfectly fine. Enough space, enough bedrooms and beds for everybody and, uh, you know, everything that we needed. I mean, we weren't spending a whole lot of time in the cabin because we went up there to hunt. Uh, but, I mean, it was it was perfect for, for all of us and the dogs. I mean, there was no issues with the cabin, really. And it was right on the lake. So, so I know uh, Hammy, he, he was able to just kind of, you know how Hampton is. He, he just... He doesn't go up there. He treats it like a vacation. So it's right, like right, some right. mornings he'll wake up and he's like, oh, I'm going to go fishing. Other mornings, I'm going to go duck hunting. I think there was one morning he just felt like making a big breakfast and relaxing. And I, I left to go hunting and he just started a Clint Eastwood movie. And I'm like, all right, man, have fun. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to have some questions because uh, he's got kind of a surprise this trip, I guess. I mean, uh, not really a surprise, but... Uh, well, his new pup, but but I we we can talk about it later because I I I kind of want to know about his new pup and everything like that. What the squirrel dog? Yeah, the squirrel dog. I want. Yeah, but, <laughs> well, we'll 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 get there. Yeah. Um, All I remember right. you know when we uh when we hunted with uh with Philip and Parker in uh, East Tennessee, that little house that yep. you found was was awesome. Um. Cause you know, I mean, we recorded pod, we, we recorded like two or three podcasts there. I mean, it was, yep. it was great. And I remember telling my wife that I was like, Oh man, we got to go back. And for the, uh, the grouse banquet, um, that was coming up, uh, that got canceled. But I was like, oh, I know exactly. I was like, I know exactly where I'm staying. And that thing was like booked up all year. So I have no idea how you <laughs> got that, but that thing, that thing, this, this thing was like a 1900s little house that they kind of you know made real cool but and i'll tell you what i have i have more success with vrbo than i do airbnb finding like affordable pet friendly dog friendly uh cabins i mean that that's a nice little snippet you know don't don't be stealing the cabins that i want to get everybody but you know if if you're looking for a cabin that uh you know house a few guys and few dogs or whatever vrbo is a good option they they definitely have some houses on there and cabins on there that doesn't always show up uh through airbnb or or any of these other services that you just google it but yeah i mean i i've been lucky so far every cabin i've rented is it's been perfect but you know like you said i I actually enjoy just truck camping and kind of quote unquote roughing it. It's, it's a little cheaper and, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it just, that's what I prefer to do. But when you have a group of guys and a bunch of dogs, sometimes it's just a heck of a lot easier just to go ahead and spring for that nice cabin. There you go. Yeah. Especially when you're splitting it between a couple of guys, it makes it a little bit easier. Oh yeah. So I actually, um, I think it was on the project upland page or I forget, um, but a, a little bit about, um, I think Noah posted, posted about, uh, the, you know, the native Appalachian, uh, pheasants. And, yeah. uh, there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of, uh, you know, some, some comments about just like the cover that he, you know, I think one guy was talking about how, you know, he remembers, you know, 45 years ago, killing a grouse in that exact cover. And uh, another guy was like, oh, if they're in the beach this time of year, it's going to be a long winter. And I never, I guess I never, you know, I guess when I hunt with you, I, you know, I think you care a little bit more about the cover to where I'm kind of just, you know, I'm watching my dog and Jack for, for some reason, you know, finds the good cover. Uh, so what was the cover <laughs> like more, you know, was it different from what we saw in Wisconsin? Um but, I mean, what did you think of the cover there? Man, it it was different than Wisconsin. So, like you said, I try and figure out the cover because I, I want to figure out where the birds are and what to look for wherever you are. You know, it's, it's kind of a – it's a pattern, right? And if you can kind of figure out the pattern and what's holding the birds, especially within one week, you know, hopefully the, the conditions don't change. Hopefully you can kind of figure out the – the pattern and you can then start piecing together better walks and finding right. more birds. And you, you hunted with me, I think a couple times in Wisconsin last year, and I was kind of telling you what I look for and the transition points and stuff like that. And, and I'm, I'm horrible with the names of plants. I'm, I'm more of just uh, yes, that was here last time. Birds were acting this way, blah, 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 blah. But man, Minnesota, it was different because, you know, in Wisconsin, when you're walking through, you you can kind of see just 
the transitions, they're more defined, right? So you, right. you can literally be walking through the woods, get through one piece of cover that you're working and you're like, okay, where am I, where am I headed to next? And you can look up and kind of see another transition point, start walking that way. In Minnesota, it was so just intermingled is it, I guess they have different cutting practices or something, mm -hmm. you know, besides the obvious Aspen stand, it's, you know, I zero in on the transition points from old to young or different tree species or whatever. And then I always look for like little different conifer trees because right. especially if they're roosting or something or it's, I, I always have luck finding birds around conifer trees. Well, in Minnesota, they're freaking everywhere, man. So like, <laughs> so that means the birds were everywhere, right? Yeah, but dude, there were birds there. There were. Mm -hmm. uh, so don't get me wrong. Like, you know, and, and we all scraped together some birds throughout. Like, no, nobody got skunked. It was it was just tough uh, from conditions. It was hot. I was hunting in a T-shirt all week right. and sweating in that T-shirt, especially by the end of the week. It got so hot. I think it got up above 75 and the mosquitoes came out. Jeez. Yeah, and I was not expecting that, uh, you know, in, in Minnesota in October. I mean, yeah, that I wasn't expecting a freaking blizzard, but I uh, wasn't expecting it to be that hot. So you mix that in and just I, I was having a hard time figuring out the pattern. And, you know, I, we had that one listener come up. Uh, Kent, he came up and hunted with me, and I was really just picking his brain i think he got sick of my questions while we were hunting and everything <laughs> but i was trying to figure out that pattern because i mean to me that's you, you need to start learning the cover you need to start learning the bird habits and everything to to become a better hunter right and we're chasing those birds and you want to put yourself in the best position but it's like what he said he was like man when it's this hot it's hard to pattern these birds and every day we were going out and it's like it was so hot through the day that you would have a few hours in the morning of good contacts. You you could count on quality bird numbers and contacts in the morning. And then by around early lunch, it would dry up and you were just walking your butt off to find other bird con contacts. And so... It was like a mixture between just having an issue figuring out the pattern and the cover and how hot it was. It, it really turned off the the amount of contacts we were getting every day by around lunch. And then early evening for the first half of the week, we we're, we're getting back into more contacts. But then, heck, by Thursday or Friday... We weren't even getting that in the afternoon. Like it was just you had a few good hours in the morning, and that was pretty much it. And you know how I hunt, man. It's like when I'm up there, I'm covering ground, I'm going through brush, and it just I could not figure out a consistent pattern. It, it was other than just if you found a good, consistent, really young aspen stand, you could find birds uh, for for a good portion of the day, but it's hard shooting in there and it's hard getting through there. And so, you know, I would skirt the edges trying to, trying to get them because it just, yeah, you can go trampsing through all that stuff, but then you can't even swing the gun. So it's kind of, unless you just want to get your dog on a, on a bird scent, you know, it's kind of, what's the point of it? Uh, so yeah, man, it was just, the cover was different. You know, I, I felt like Wisconsin, the couple times I've been up there, I was kind of zeroing in on the mm -hmm. pattern. But Minnesota, I just, man, I, I just, I did not hunt the same place twice until my way out Saturday. I, I went back to one location on the way out of Minnesota. Other than that, I did not hunt the same place twice just because I wanted to figure it out. I was searching for, for the why. why. Why were the birds here? And why were they acting this way? What were they eating? But man, it, it was just, it was tough, man. Just figuring it out. It was, it was a tough week. Every bird that we got through the week was earned for sure. What about, um, wh what about the dogs in that? So not necessarily how they worked, but I mean, when, if I, if I'm hunting in, you know, what I think is going to be, you know, 30 degree weather, yeah. um, I'm not. You know, I'm not necessarily as like, you know, making sure Jack is taking water breaks and everything like that. Um, did you see like the dogs just get tired out more or because of the heat? Uh, 
a little bit yes and no. Uh, so for the most part, so I went up there with three dogs, right? So right. I was, I had enough dogs to keep swapping them out. There was only really one walk and I had Rachel out and we're, we're working around lunchtime. So it was pretty hot and she, she got toast pretty quick. Uh, you know, tongue hanging out. She was still going. She was still hunting. But, you know, once that tongue starts hanging out that far, it just it just doesn't make for good scenting conditions. So, I and, mean. And how long was that from when you let her out of the truck? Uh, I don't know. It was probably like 30, 45 minutes in. Wow. Yeah. And she's, so, she's a know, well-conditioned dog. It's, I mean, it's, yeah. she wasn't as, you know, she's been in condition where i'm just like oh my gosh she's like a female <laughs> bodybuilder right now uh, yep. so i know she wasn't at there this time around but still i mean for it for yeah, to hunt for it, 45 minutes and for it to be that, that day, warm yeah that day i want i want to say it was you know mid to high 60s uh when i was had her on the ground and and so i mean it honestly it got to where it was so hot to where i was coming out of the woods around lunchtime taking a nice long lunch break before trying to when it got that hot it's like all right i want to move down to lower ground let's find some of these little uh swampy areas let's work the edges of that and just try and find out you know find a place that's a little cooler just hopefully the birds are down there but obviously for the dog work uh as well as me i mean it just you know 65 70 degrees doesn't sound that hot but right. you know when you're when you're walking the miles and going through brush and everything it, it can definitely it, it it can tax on you, especially man. That the last day that those mosquitoes came out, I'm like, man, I'm back down in the south. What is this crap going on? <laughs> I think that's a good um, if we're talking about, um, you know, life hack for Nick. So VRBO over Airbnb. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Airbnb. <laughs> uh, and the other one is you know prepare for prepare for everything. Don't go up there. Oh yeah. Just thinking that your you know your dogs are, you know, I, I know. A, a lot of the stuff that I've seen on like the gunner discussion den and stuff where people were talking about like, Oh, I got to, you know, gear up for the winter and make sure, you know, my dog's warm during the hunts. Well, you might go up there and, you know, it might be 75 degrees and you got to make sure that your dog's able to cool down, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we were definitely going through some water, but, uh, I mean, it would cool off during the nights. I mean, there, there was a couple nights that it got down to freezing level, but, uh, so you'd go out in the morning it's like, all right, nice, cool, crisp morning. But by lunchtime is just, man, it, it's rough. It's, it just got hot. <laughs> and, and in Minnesota, you can go out whenever, right? It's not like South Dakota where you got to wait out, wait till 10. Yeah, it, it was half hour before sunrise is legal shooting time, I think, up there. Uh, and so I, I was out there usually a little bit after uh, legal sunrise. Just, you know, let the let the dew cook off a little bit. Let that sun come off, uh, come out. But right. uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I wasn't out there as the sun was coming up like I have, have done in years past because heck, in years past, it's like I'd be out there you know, half hour before sunrise and then you're, you're walking and then it takes an hour or two to really kind of warm up and, and cook off some of the dew and let the birds come off of roo. So it's kind of, all right, well, I'll, I'll just sleep in an extra hour and then go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's my kind of hunt actually. <laughs> yep. All right. So this is what I've been waiting for, Nick. This is, this is kind of when we were talking about this, uh, I was actually really curious about because I was kind of, you know, in the last episode, I was waiting for you guys to cover this. Um, What's and, that? And I, and I, you know, I was waiting for it. Yep. What is it? <laughs> are you, are you a, a, a setter guy now? Dude, that, so that was kind of a last second addition to, to the party. Uh, well, because no grouse hunt is complete without having a setter. So when I no. wasn't able to go with Jack, you had to, you know, you had to search high and low for a setter. <laughs> if it's not Jack, there's only one other guy who, who's, you know, who's the setter man here in Tennessee. Well, dude, and that's I'll OTB. tell you, man, dude, that, that was a lot of fun. So right before uh, we're leaving, you know, at Bill, I talked to him on a regular basis, especially this time of year with grouse hunting and everything. And with the virus, they had to cancel their trip up to Wisconsin. He had that young pup and he was, man, I really wanted to get that dog on bird contacts. And, 
and we all know how important bird contacts are, especially to a guy, you know, like Bill to, you know, he does a little training during the off season, but he really likes to train his dogs on wild birds. And, um, just living in Tennessee, you don't get, you don't get that opportunity. And so I, I told him, I'm like, look, you know, come throw, come throw Joni in the truck with me. I'll be more than happy to take her up to Minnesota. Um, uh, and, and then, like you said, you know, I've hunted over Jack a few times, but I haven't really gotten to just hunt over a setter for that amount of time mm-hmm. and, and, and that hard. And so I got to work a very young pup. I mean, she was, I think, just a half a year old. I can't even remember how many months old, but she, I think it was like seven or eight months. And so he came and threw her in the truck and, and I knew that she had it in her. I, she, I think she comes out of, uh, so it's Jerry Barnes's kennel and he's mm-hmm. one of the, uh, he lives in North Georgia. He's a guide up at Pine Ridge. Okay. And, uh, I think his kennel's name is a uh, Tacoa river kennels. But anyway, uh, so I, I knew that like the genetics, it's a grouse dog, right? Mm-hmm. So I go up there. I'm like, well, we'll just get her on some bird contacts, see how she develops. And, and we go out the first hunt and, you know, it's her first real hunt and she doesn't really understand what's going on. It, it, she was, she was working really close. She was real unsure of herself. And, and I'm just sitting here. I think I even said that it's just going to be fun seeing how this dog changes on a day to day basis for a full week of hunting. And on that first walk, 30, 40 minutes in, we bump a grouse and she got a nose full of that grouse. And she went from, you know, just being freaking 10, 15 yards from me to, okay, now there's birds here. I'm hunting. And genetics took over. Genetics took over, man. And I didn't have to say anything. You know, a lot of people would get concerned about a dog working that close, but you gotta, you gotta think it's a young dog just spent 16 and a half hours in the truck and everything. So I put her on the ground and you know, it's just, the birds are going to range her out. She's, she's mm-hmm. going to figure it out. And sure enough, she got that first nose in a uh, grouse and she started extending out and no crap. 10 minutes later, she stuck a grouse, uh, just slammed a point. Uh, it, it flushed way too far off for me to even be able to shoot at it. But within the first hour walk, she got two grouse contacts and wow. From that day, just every day, every single walk, her range got better. She was hunting with me. It it was just amazing to see just genetics because obviously I'm not training the dog. Bill's Bill's worked with her a little bit at his place, but he had, he hadn't really you know worked her on a lot of birds. And just every walk, I mean, by the end of the week, I was putting her down with the confidence that we're going to go hunt and find and shoot a bird over a point with her in a matter of five days. It went from, let's see what this dog will do to we're going to shoot a bird. And I mean, it just, I think it was the second day that afternoon she pointed and I got to shoot her first grouse over. And then the next day she pointed and I got to shoot her first woodcock over and it was just every day, just better working, just working with me in front of me, hitting both sides of the trail. Uh, I told I told Bill, you know, when I got back, I'm like, man, don't tell anybody I said this. I don't think anybody's listening right now, but don't tell anybody <laughs> I said this. But, uh, you know, my next dog might have to be a setter now. Like, it was just, it was awesome seeing that dog develop within just one week. And, and uh, you know, I told him, I'm like, you, beside there's really nothing specific to work on with her at, at this point. You, it's just keep taking her out. You know, if I had to say that there was any, any one thing that I was picking out by the end of the week that I, I wish that, you know, we could have addressed with a little bit more time in the woods was there's a lot of yo-yo casts. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she would go in the cover and then come straight back the same way she went in. So instead of casting around and kind of a half moon or crossing the path, she would just go straight out and then straight back. So I, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense, but it, I call that just yo-yoing, you know, go out, back, out, back. And uh, really what I like to see is a dog that goes across 
across where you're walking the path that you're walking and goes and just does a cast and kind of stays with you out in front of you as you continue on walking and it just keeps going in those little s patterns if that makes sense oh yeah but uh but yeah i mean it's just if that's your only concern with a young pup it's like that's gonna naturally work itself out without you having to do anything just the more time you spend in the woods and go hunting with her and i mean you it just at, at that young of a dog and what she did is just like, okay, now, you know, there, there's a reason why setters are the quote unquote traditional grouse dog. Right, man. That's so cool that you got to do that so young. Yeah. I mean, nah, I mean, it, it, it was, it was invaluable. I mean, a full week. I mean, I know, it, it was funny. So after she shot her first grouse and I called Bill to kind of tell him and, and you know, he, he, he was excited, but also, you know, you could tell that he was, man, I wish I was able to shoot her first grouse. He, uh, just being the dog man and the guy that's developed so many dogs over the years in grouse country, he, uh, he just flat out told me, he was like, now watch tomorrow. You're going to put her down and she's going to be full of herself. <laughs> and I, and I'm just sitting there like, okay, yeah, yeah, I can see that. And he wasn't lying, man, because it went from the first two days, every grouse contact, she was getting better, more cautious. The next morning, she, she went out there and just immediately just bump, bump, bump. And and finally, like on that third grouse, she bumped, and I gave, I gave her a good stern whoa. And then just went up to her, kind of calmed her down, and just – okay, here's some water, calm down, get back into it. And then the next one, she went and stuck. And it, I told Bill, I'm like, you're absolutely right. You didn't even have to be up here and see your dog. And you knew that she was just going to be full of herself. She was just so amped up and so driven after that first one that she got in her mouth that she was just bump, bump, bump. And it's, well, there you go. He's, he's done this a time or two, I think. That's great. I, I mean, not that, uh, not that anyone needed any, um, you know, further further push that you know setters are, are great grouse dogs, but I mean, <laughs> I'm just I'm glad I'm just glad that uh, it's another. I mean, I'd love to see you do Navda with with a setter and you know go to the invitational. I think that would I think that'd be really cool, dude. I'm I'm not lying, man. It's your that, next project. You have all this time <laughs> on your hands, you know that. Yep. No, I mean that. That experience with the setter, just me and the setter all week long, nobody else hunted over that dog except for me. I mean, I, I'd be lying if I said that I, I couldn't be talked into having a setter for the next dog. Jack's in the other room, jealous. <laughs> yep. So uh, the other one, I mean, that was that was my number one, of, you know, what do, how, how the dog did. But I, I want to know about uh, Adam H's dogs. I want to know about uh, the lab and uh, the squirrel dog, man, how, how uh, did you get a hunt behind those? I didn't get to hunt with them, uh, but I, you know, he he went them out, went out with them quite a bit. So Anna, she's heck, she's nine, ten years old. You know, she's she's a duck hunter. If, if a duck's down, she's gonna go get it. Uh, man, if just, if I if I were to get a lab though, it'd be like Anna. Anna's like the perfect size. She's on the small side. Just chill goes, goes everywhere, you know, doesn't, you know, yeah, just the, the most chill, cool dog. Yep. Yep. So, but he got that little squirrel feist, man. And so, uh, I think she's just a little over a year now. And so he kind of introduced her a little bit last year to, to squirrels and just getting her out. But, uh, this year she's really starting to kind of come into her own and starting to voice on tree and going to look for squirrels and everything. But man, I tell you what, man, those feists, I think it's like, I think Adam and Bud even said throughout the week, it's just like, man, that's a neat dog. It, you can't help but be around that dog and just laugh. Like, it's just, they they really are neat dogs. I think everybody left the cabin like, I could own a Feist. That's cool. <laughs> but yeah, he got her out and, and took her. Uh, I think... Uh, I can't remember. I think he shot a couple squirrels, but yeah, I mean, you know, you know, you know, Hampton, he, he just, every day is different. You know, he doesn't go up there for any one particular type of hunting. It's just, if he sees ducks, he'll, he'll go duck hunt. If he, you know, if nothing else, he'll just go fishing and he'll spend all day in the boat. And he, I know he caught, he caught some good fish up there this, this week. I mean, he caught a few pike and 
some really big bass. And he was a little upset because every bass he caught was in the slot limit, so he could he had to throw them back <laughs> instead of eating them. But uh, but yeah, I mean he, he enjoyed himself and that man that that fight. So it's it's a funny dog. So it just just sitting around the cabin watching that dog screw around with everything. It was just it was just hilarious. So. I'm not going to ask about Adam's dog or, you know, or Rachel or or Lucy, because when I think about those three dogs, I I just think about consistency and just, you know, what you're going to get with those dogs. (laughs) Well, you you might think otherwise after seeing Lucy uh, and and Rachel during the middle of the week, man. I I, I touched on it on the episode a few weeks ago. Rachel, she like bookended this this uh, hunt man i i know you just said that you didn't want to ask about it but i I, I, I gotta i gotta i gotta tell you about the dogs uh so rachel you know i take i go on these trips and these hunts with you know it's kind of all right with this dog i'm working on that this dog i'm working on that and rachel she's just my cleanup dog like i'm going out and that's that's my dog i'm putting down to kill birds and at the start of the week that was her like it was just exactly what you expected out of her handled grouse handled woodcock boom 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 it's just like all right i I can put her on the ground to put the birds in the vest but when i got this young setter and lucy i have specific goals that i have to work on with them uh and then she closed out the week that way but man there was something in the middle of that week that she just was not hunting like herself I don't know what it was like. There wasn't anything that really particularly stood out. It was just every walk was a little different. Just not not hunting with me like she normally does. Wasn't real cooperative. Uh, that one walk I was telling you about earlier, she got real hot, uh, bumping a few birds here and there, and it, it's just not what you would expect out out of Rachel. Uh, but at the start of the week, she started off hot, and then by the end of the week, she. She brought it back, but there was two or three days in the middle of that. It's just like, all right, I don't know what your deal is, but uh, you need to get it together here, girl. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Lucy, she had her moments, man. She did. uh, She bumped a lot of birds, uh, but I realized, so I, I was really paying attention to how she was working because there was how she was working cover is the exact way i prefer dogs to work with me i mean just working with me casting like i was describing earlier checking in with i mean it was just very easy hunting her issue is she hunts with her nose to the ground too much and that that's kind of a product of not having enough bird contacts in my opinion because it was like every walk i would go out with her you you could just count that three or four birds, it was going to be bump, 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 bump before she realized, get my nose in the air. And then she, she could wind them from further away. And it, I'm not going to lie, man, there was one walk in the morning that we went out and she's, I'm just happy as I'll get out how she's working the cover and working with me. Just very enjoyable. I'm getting to see her work. She's being effective in, in the objectives she's hitting, but it's just like bump, bump, and you know me, I'm not, I'm not shooting a bird that my dog doesn't handle. You know, if, if she's mm-hmm. not going to stand for a grouse, I'm not shooting it because then you take a dog like that. It's only going to make matters worse. If you start rewarding that behavior, right? I want her to realize you only get the reward if you act right and you take the caution and you stand for that bird. So I'm just sitting there just watching bump, bump, bump. And I'm sitting there, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, man, it's just that nose is to the ground and she's got to figure it out. You know, I, it, I can't command her, Hey, pick your nose up. Right. And, uh, so finally it, it, it clicks. I hear my Garmin beep and it says that she's 50 yards away. And so I start booking it over there and I'm just sitting there like, all right, there's no way this bird's going to be there. But I go in there and dude, if you could have seen her point, oh my God, like, like you know, locked, locked up. Like you, you would have sworn that it was like a short hair with a long tail pointing. <laughs> like it just, it's exactly what I've been looking for out of her since day one. You know, we've talked about her pointing issues on planted birds and she's always had a, a more staunch point uh, on wild birds, but 
Dude, I mean, this was it. Like, I was so amped up after just watching bump, 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 bump. And I'm sitting there, I mean, literally in my head thinking, you know, this, it may just not happen for her to become a grouse dog with as limited contacts as I can get. I'm like, you know, I'm having that discussion with myself. Like, is this that, that kind of gut check moment? You start thinking about, okay, you know, this, this may just, she may just not get to where I want her to get to. Uh, And then the, beeper goes off and I hightail it over there and she's standing this grouse. I mean, she's 20, 25 yards off and just locked up. And I'm like, this is happening. And so I get up, I come around and I get about five, 10 yards from the grouse. It flushes. I miss on the first one and then I hit it on the second one and I just see, see it go down in this cover. And I'm so excited. She actually, stayed steady throughout the whole process i released her to go get it and i'm so excited because the sequence finally hit like this is it we've had good contacts in the past i have good memories of point 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 but i'm like it finally full sequence got the bird down and i'm just excited so i don't i I don't think about anything else i'm just uh, i'm just trying to soak in the moment right Mm -hmm. well when she goes to retrieve the bird I look up just in time to see that bird with one wing <laughs> glide right across. I swear it flipped me the bird as it passed me and it's only going on one wing and it just glides right across the path into the other side of the path and into some thick conifers. And I'm just like, no, no, like it, man, we went and searched for that bird. We were over there for at least 15, 20 minutes looking for that bird. And you know, Lucy, if it's there, we're finding it. And I, I just, I couldn't give up on it. We, we searched that area and I just kept doing wider and wider circles and we could not find that bird. That's, just, that's the case for, uh, that's the case for, uh, semi autos. Yeah, you I and could, I both shoot, you know, <laughs> break open, uh, guns, but that's mm-hmm. where, that's where you wish you had that third shot. <laughs> Well, dude, but that's a lesson right there. I guarantee you from here on out, my first instinct is not going to be just like thrilled to, I mean, until that bird is in your hands, reload. And that is like the biggest lesson I learned all week because it's like that was the moment that I went up there for for Lucy was the entire thing happened. And I apparently just winged it and it went down and then it got back up. And I mean, when I'm talking about it, it was glad it wasn't more than five feet off the ground. Like it was struggling just to get away. And it's just really, I lost that moment just because I got ahead of myself and just a simple lesson, just a simple reminder of reload because I swear it's like, if I was paying attention, I don't even think I needed to reload to, to hit that bird. I probably could have just swatted it in the air. Cause it just flew right up, right in front of me. And just, I swear it flipped me the bird, man. I'm telling I'm, you, I'm surprised Lucy uh, hasn't found herself a, a new owner. <laughs> dude, it, it was bad. What, then, one with I mean, a semi-auto. <laughs> God. But dude, I tell you what, her pointing, man, every time she went on point and she was back in R- Rachel, by the end of the week, I was running a, a, uh, her and Rachel together. And then uh, especially the last day, I got to run all three of them together. It just how staunch she was on point and her backs just that's that's what I've worked for all year long. And mm-hmm. it just, it was nice to see that, but man, I tell you what, she, she pointed and handled a few other birds, but the shots shot opportunities just weren't there. But it's like, that was the moment. And I, I screwed it up. by just not throwing another shell in my shotgun. That's it, man. That, that, I mean, I, I know probably, you know, definitely bummed that you didn't get that bird, but, the fact that she's kind of, you know, stiffened up her point is has got to be just a huge win for you. Yeah, it is. But again, it, it's just on wild birds. So yeah, yeah. Last, last weekend had a guy come up and he was just wanting help with a younger dog and he brought some quail up with him and we put some, uh, uh, we just planted some quail and we ran his dog and then we ran uh, Lucy and Rachel. And I tell you what, man, it's just like I was curious to see what it would be like for Lucy on a pen raised bird. And sure enough, man, it was just that, that just nonchalant, just flagging, looking around, just not intense, uh, point 
that we've kind of come to expect from her for for pen rays and then it's like you go on the other side of the field i shot you that video tonight of Mm -hmm. our evening walk and we have the woodcock flight coming in and so we're consistently finding woodcock every evening walk right now on my property and you saw in the video she is locked up Mm-hmm. No, there's no flagging. There's no looking around. It, it really is a pen raised or planted bird versus a wild bird. And it's just, you know, at, whether we ever get to that consistency level on pointing on pen raised for testing purposes or not, it's, you know what? I'm good with it. If she points like that on wild birds, I'm perfectly happy with that. I would like to be able to transition that over into a training field right. just for testing purposes. But, hey, there's worse things in the world than than having a, a, a good wild bird dog. So what – I mean, I, I guess a, we, we're kind of covering a couple of things that I want to make sure that we have takeaways from kind of each thing. And I know – you know, Bud had his dog and Adam had Mitch and you had three different dogs and, um, you know, you know, Adam H's dogs nef- that they weren't necessarily, you know, on the ground with all the other dogs. But what yeah. what's what's some tips and tricks you can do when you've got, you know, a whole bunch of guys with a whole bunch of dogs? Because, um, you know, especially for us in the South, we don't get that many opportunities. So when we are hunting, we want our dog out there. So is there any yeah. tricks that you can say, hey, you know, when we're game planning on on who's going to take their dog out when or anything like that uh well i mean for me i mean you know me i I always hunt by myself anyway not always but the majority of the time so i was by myself every walk except for two so hammy joined me on the first walk uh that the first night that we got up there just the kind of the warm-up walks and then uh adam joined me on a walk in the evening uh, I think it was Thursday. Beyond that, it was just me. Uh, Kent, the listener, joined me as well. Uh, we hunted Rachel and his dog together. But it's one of those things to where I I don't like hunting multiple dogs at one time until the dog is established independently on their own, right? And so, right. Yep. you know, a lot of people, they swear up and down that an older dog will teach a younger dog. And in some aspects, you know, if you're talking range or checking in or just how to work cover, yeah, there's certain aspects that a dog can pick up on an older dog. But at some point, you have to put your dog down by itself so it can learn how to independently handle these birds themselves and hunt the cover themselves. And then once you have those dogs that will hunt independently, then I like getting them together because then you can start running multiple dogs at one time. You're covering more ground, but there's a couple things. You need to have two dogs that can independently hunt and independently hold the, the birds, but then also you need to have that cooperation in backing and honoring. Because if you have one dog that slams a point and then the other dog just comes up and is a takeout artist or that competitive nature kind of has both of them kind of nosing mm-hmm. forward, eventually it just bumps the bird and you, you miss an opportunity. So I like to really establish each dog independently of the other one. I, I, don't, I don't put a lot of stock in an older dog teaching the younger dog. Uh, I feel like you get more out of it. Again, this is just my personal thoughts, but this is why I primarily do one dog down at a time until you get to the point, like by the end of the week and it wasn't just this week, you know, Rachel and Lucy will hunt by themselves. Uh, but I also know they'll back each other too. So I was hunting at the end of the week with both of them. And then on the last walk on the way out of Minnesota, I actually put all three on the ground just because I'm going out for one last little quick hour, hour and a half hunt. So I put all three of them down and I was able to, to uh, get a couple of opportunities on a bird with all three of them down. But again, Joni being the young dog, instead she wasn't honoring. She was, so both birds, Rachel pointed, Lucy slammed into a back and Joni would go all the way up until she got in that scent cone and then go on point. And if you didn't have Rachel down that, that, has been through this enough and and is consistent of enough of a bird dog, a lot of dogs would have broken that point with that competitiveness, right? 
Mm-hmm. And so, but she held and she let the younger dog get that close to it. And I was able to, you know, shoot one woodcock and then I missed the other one. But it's just, uh, you, you just have to keep your overall goals in mind, right? You know, it's hard to go up there and keep your dog in the truck while someone else hunts their dog. But you have to look at it as opportunity. You have to look at it as my dog's resting for the next hunt. We can hunt longer by separating the dogs out. Uh, and then especially if you're working on specific things, maybe it's your dog's first trip, you really need to start figuring out your dog. How does it work? Like like I was just talking about, Lucy hunts with her nose to the ground too much. Uh, Joni was doing a lot of yo-yo action going in and out of cover. Young dog stuff. But you can't start figuring out those trends and how the dog works unless you can really focus in on one dog. And so there's, to me, there's a lot of benefits of just running one dog. So even if it's your buddy's dog, just go out there with him, hunt over his dog, and then your dog's next up in line. And then you have a fresh dog on the ground every time you go out hunting. Right. And I, and I guess to, to play devil's advocate a little bit is, you know, I think it's important to, you know, op- have that open line of communication, you know, make sure you, you know, especially with me, you and Adam, we know, you know, how our dogs act and everything like that. But if you're with someone who's, who's new, like I, I take when we went with the bluegrass uplanders up in Kentucky that, you know, you don't know, necessarily know, um, how their dogs work and, and everything like that. So I'm always erring on the side of caution to, okay, well, let me take Jack out, but I might not run him the second time judging by what I'm seeing, you know, yeah, if, yeah. um, and not necessarily like anyone, you know, but it could be that, you know, when, when we went to Iowa with Charles, like we kind of needed all those dogs because we hunted these big open spaces. But if you're in, you know, if you're in Wisconsin or Minnesota, I mean, it doesn't, you know, good to have seven dogs on the ground. Yeah. Um, So definitely knowing the the dogs you're kind of hunting with and, and I'm with you though, you know, for the most part, don't feel like you have to have your dog out every single time. Um, No. Because I've been on a lot of West Texas hunts where, um, you know, Jack was useless because it was, you know, so hot and he was tired, you know, their, their, their nose goes away. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, we're getting kind of close to time, but, uh, was there anything else that you, you know, that you, uh, kind of wanted to cover that, uh, you didn't cover maybe the first episode or anything like that. I'm kind of good on, um, what I, I was kind of wanting to know. I mean, it was mostly, you know, how the dogs worked and everything like that. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think b- between the episode a few weeks ago and, and this one, we've pretty much covered it. Um, we did incorporate a little bit different of uh, a kind of a feeding schedule uh, than what I have in, in years past. So before we went up there, I, Adam actually kind of got access to some, uh, I'm going to butcher this name, Animate, Animite uh, supplements. And okay. so I haven't ever used supplements on a hunting trip before so this was my first first time we had we had two of them I, I think the ignite and uh impact i think it's called and one you you put in in their water uh within 30 minutes of getting done hunting and it's just kind of a glyc glycogen recharge that's why it's called recharge and uh you know at first i'm sitting there thinking i'm like all right it's going in water are the dogs really going to drink this before you know is it going to be a pain but man I, I don't know what they put in there it's it's some crack for dogs because every time you pull the little bucket out they just go nuts and there's wow. no problem with them drinking all of it and then uh, the impact i uh you just mix it in the food at night and then they're ready to go the next day and and so that that was kind of interesting adding a, a little bit of supplements to, to the trip. That was the first time I've done it. Uh, I've had a few people ask me if I saw a, a noticeable difference. I can't say I, I noticed a difference with Rachel, but with Lucy, it seemed like she kind of had an extra pep in her step by the end of the week. Uh, whether that was kind of the placebo effect for me, it's like I was looking mm-hmm. for it because I was giving it to her or she actually did. I don't know. Uh, Rachel, she just kind of seemed like normal Rachel other than just the middle of the week, just kind of weird hunting and, and getting t- tired when it was hot. So I don't know, maybe the supplements affected her in a bad way. But uh, until I get like kind of more 
more reps under her belt and with with the supplements it, it was interesting to kind of see how one dog it seemed like it did really kind of charge her up and keep her fresh throughout the week and the other dog it was just you know business as always or slightly under so uh that's that's really interesting because i know i know you and i are you know we're actually we both just kind of switched up our dog foods and the the nutrition side of things is not necessarily something i think about in the off season um you know and and in July, I'm not really worried, you know, about Jack, but now we're in hunting season and I'm, you know, thinking about, okay, well, I need to give them some goat's milk and what am I, you know, you know, <laughs> it's, milk. it's, oh man, goat's milk. It was a, <laughs> it was a, a hunting dog episode where they did goat's milk and uh, pumpkin pie because uh, Jack, Jack gets the uh, Hershey squirts when he, he first goes oh, out he starts running okay. and he's, and he's, so, he's squatting more than he's looking for birds. So I was like, I, oh, I, I need to try know. that. I didn't know what the goat's milk was for, so you're you're giving that to him for stomach issues, not, yeah, for good not, probiotics. Yeah. All right, I, I thought <laughs> I didn't know if you're doing that just as like that's what you normally do. I was about to say I don't ever remember you giving them goat's milk on a hunting trip before, but oh man, but, I I um uh, I was in in Texas hunting with my father-in-law, and he's got you know this uh this older dog trainer from Oklahoma who you know who feeds his dogs old Roy. Um, but yeah. I remember having a shaker bottle of this powdered goat's milk and some pumpkin and like shaking it up and him just like, boy, what are you doing? Giving that dog a freaking <laughs> pumpkin spice latte or something like that. <laughs> How many times did he call you a hipster during that trip? Uh, only when uh, we went to the grocery store and I had to get like, um, you know, cause I, I, I like giving a Jack some soft food just to, you know, during the trip to, you know, get a little bit more <laughs> yeah. just just a, a, a little bit more food in his stomach and 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 everything like that so uh they were get and that's something my father-in-law does and, and the dog trainer but they use old roy and i think i was using some like organic you know grass-fed dog food or something like that <laughs> where they were spending 39 cents a can and i was you know at like four dollars a can so oh man yeah, well, <laughs> well, I can't touch on all all that or organic stuff, but yeah, I, I'm interested to keep trying these supplements out o- over uh, a few hunt weekends or something, and and really kind of see a pattern. I, again, it's you know one week is hard to tell the difference, but uh, yeah, I mean it, it seemed to have a good effect on on Lucy. I doubt that that's what affected Rachel, but uh, I don't know. The jury's out on that, so we'll, we'll see. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll let everybody know if I, I, if I personally feel like it made a difference or not after I tried it out some more. But uh, you know, who knows? I mean, everybody I've talked to, they swear by it that that uses it. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and we're doing some experimenting with the nutrition on you know with that and some some different food too. So I, I know on an episode coming up, we're gonna you know have someone who knows a little bit more about us because all we can speak to is is, uh, you know, how it's affecting our dogs, but it'd be cool to get a guy on who kind of knows the science behind it and, and, yeah. you know, the, the why behind it. For sure. Absolutely. So anything else you're curious about? I, I it sucked that you couldn't join us on the trip. I know we missed a, a few bar trips throughout the week that I'm sure that we would have attended if you were there. Uh, we probably, did. probably not a bad thing. <laughs> we, we hey man we we did uh commemorate you you know we we did go to uh a bar one day for lunch and had a few beers in your honor and uh made sure to support some of the some of the local watering holes for you but yeah, uh, i'm sure the minnesota economy was was, was pretty <laughs> bummed when i when i didn't go up there <laughs> yeah they were just like man there goes my bonus for the year <laughs> But I know we'll have we'll have a couple you know shorter round hunts that will get me out of the house and everything like that. I know we're playing maybe Alabama that you and I have both. You you haven't done Alabama, right? No, not yet. Yeah, so that'd be cool. And Alabama, we're coming for you. Open up the bars. <laughs> Adam's gonna go. be lost. Adam's gonna be lost in. The, I mean, Nick's gonna be lost in the woods while I'm going. <laughs> yep, that's what I do. I go get lost. There we go. Well. Yeah, that, that's all I had. I, I, I appreciate you uh, giving me a little bit more uh, info into this. And, you know, you and I were talking. We're like, man, let's just let's just turn the microphones on and uh, and see if no, uh, you, other people I have the same it, questions I did. Yeah, I was about to say, you know, you weren't the only one. We, we had a few people uh, call 
call me and just, you know, ask more details. So obviously, you know, that there's more stuff to go over. So hopefully we didn't bore everybody to death. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things. There were definitely birds up there. Uh, it was challenging hunting. Nobody got skunked. We had a good time. We had contacts. Uh, you know, it just, uh, I, I was just going hard. I was hoping for that one walk that kind of sealed the deal and uh you know really worked into my head that you know this is what it's all about and i had highlights throughout the whole week it just that one special walk just didn't didn't happen but uh definitely some moments and uh you know i'll i'll be back again one day but uh yeah it's uh that's why it's called hunting yep you get you got some good dog work gotta hang out with your buddies nothing better than that exactly so All right. Well, I guess we're wrapping it up. Yep. You guys have a good one. We'll check back next week. See you guys. Thank you for listening to GDIY. If you enjoy this podcast, please remember to take a moment to rate, review, and share with a friend. Also, be sure to follow us and our partners on Facebook and Instagram under Gundog It Yourself. If you really enjoy the podcast and would like to contribute even more to the future content, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Gundog It Yourself. Thanks again and happy hunting. Everyone seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high-grade, lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup, just have to replace it again in a year go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want if you're considering changing your dog's food soon then be sure to check out yukonuba pro performance their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance they also now have the new puppy formula to help your pups start strong and live active when looking at all the different food options remember yukonuba to help power their ultimate performance Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.